listening to The Nasty Table, the premier source for tabletop role-playing actual play. Now come on in, relax, and pull up a seat to The Nasty Table. Please be sure to follow us on social media. We're active on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at The Nasty Table. Labor Day. The child was born slightly prematurely. There's a limb deficiency. We think that there's some sort of heart problem. It's only the at the beginning. There's no at the end. They tell us the kid has a black heart. Where does that put us? You need to get her to sign that confession. They lost the baby. Would there be any reason that we'd be able to get an autopsy on that baby? You cannot think of a legal reason. Heart defect, probably inherited. Ask if the heart was fucking black. Can you do that? I just get free shit all the fucking time. Dude, I eat a lot of chicken. That isn't really free. I eat a lot of Chipotle, but I don't have <laughs> a rewards free. plan because... Sort of free. One time my reward, my like Chipotle account got hacked, and like now I'm just too sketched out to open it back up. Damn. Oh, mine did too, but I, I have Chipotle. Or I have Pancho. So you're, you're running it? I actually yeah. have a free burrito right now. Well, I don't, I know, my, I don't know my card on it or anything. Oh, somebody know. ordered. No, I, I just use like just the rewards points. I don't know my. Card somebody ordered two hundred dollars worth of food in Chicago off of my Grubhub account once. That's so Whoa. sick. Did you get the money back? Yeah, yeah. It never actually got charged because what they did was they replaced yeah. it with their own payment method or something. So I think what it did was they were trying to charge whatever card I had on there and then put in their thing afterwards to get the refund. That's like a scam you can do, but. Yeah, I never got charged for it. Is it this lighting or does Joe look really tan? I am uh, very tan. I got been in the sun I was for... I, I, on the vacation that I took in Cape May, I was just outside every single day. How was your vacation? It was good, you man. Look, you look a little tan, too. I was, <laughs> but we didn't do... <laughs> well, <laughs> but we didn't do as many beach trips as I wanted. Like, we were just running around. I was studying obstacles. My family wanted to see everyone. <laughs> 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 nah, we spent so much time like visiting family, which was very nice. But I just, I just wanted to be at the beach. Man. I remember, I think it was the time before this time that you went, where there was a video that you put on your Snapchat of just like a bunch of people like outside late at night, like eating food. Like that seems so like yeah. comforting, just like hanging Dude. out with like, and you're like in like the middle of like a town, and I like know. people are like singing and dancing and shit. We went to one that was even bigger than the one from last year. I, sh I should have like been more prevalent on social media this time because because like this party was like this is like the dude with the bazooki. It w we were in the highest elevated village on the whole island, so like you're like high up and you can just see like far away the oceans like all the way over there and there's other villages like all over lit up at night. That's crazy. He was and uh, there it was just so cool. There was just like line dancing and like there was a band except it was like a bazooki band like. Like a lute type of instrument. Mm. So sick. It's fucking awesome. Does Greece party hard? I think that they do. Yeah. yeah. Are they big dancers? They're big fucking dancers. That's so fucking sick, dude. Yeah. It is cool. You eat a lot of lamb. I had 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just yeah. opened something up. Let's go. <laughs> the house that my mom like, grew up in, lamb. her neighbor, like, they still live there. And there's a lamb. That, a like, real live he, lamb? Yeah, he like... You, okay, you so You didn't eat him? Wait, was he live and you took a picture of him live and then you ate him? No, but we, we took a picture <laughs> like, of did his you guys kids. like Did you guys like <laughs> slaughter <laughs> him? Oh, really? Okay. So the, the guy's name is Dimitri. Oh, they, like, did they slaughter him like in front of you and then you ate him? No, but they like just slaughtered the That's goat so... and then we showed up. And like wow. he, he had, he was hanging it at the <laughs> window, so at the door, literally at the front door. You can't walk in the house unless you crawl under the goat. <laughs> That's badass. And it was completely skinned and dripping in blood. Oh my God. And when he walks out, he's got a fucking like an apron on. And there's just blood all over the cooking apron. So metal, dude. Was, was he family? Yeah, he's uh, like a second cousin or some first or second cousin. That's for fucking my mom. awesome. Yeah, sick. I want to. How do they slaughter like that, dude? They grab it by the chin, slice its throat. God, it's hold so its chin metal, up. dude. I know. It's and not even like. It, it's, it's like a like normal they thing. They find out like like they like bop it on the head and it just dies real quick. It's just like no, they slice its throat and they and they put a bucket underneath to collect the blood. Well, I think like the, <laughs> like, the quicker the quicker you get the blood out, like it's supposed to be like better for the meat or something. That's why they like hang them upside down so they can bleed them completely. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyway, I can't imagine slicing so the goat's throat. Here he is, showing a little lamb. So like, there's like a little girl in the he's picture. That's so Luna. <laughs> he's showing a little lamb. He's like, look day. how cute the lamb is. He's so cute. That's its offspring. Now I'm gonna show you guys, Dad. <laughs> Where's Dad at? <laughs> Come on out, Daddy. Jesus Christ. I love my Daddy. Help. Hey, bye. This might take a second. Oh yeah, here's Dad. Is dad dead? Oh, dad's oh. so dead. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Was it tasty? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was good, but these guys are like straight up farmer. Like everything you eat is from their farm. So like it definitely didn't taste like it, oh it was like, God. wait, I need to look at his eyes. Not again. like processed type of type of food, which is very good. <laughs> Dude, I can't with the eyeball. Is his tongue sticking out? It is. Oh, it's so fucking metal. Here you go. <laughs> it's crazy. <clears throat> what do they drink there? What's like the alcohol of choice? <clears throat> um, every house you go to, like, if there's a man there that lives there, he's like, yo, you gotta try my wine. Yo, yeah? you gotta try my wine. Really? Yo, you gotta try my Rocky. What's Rocky? Rocky is... Like, it's like the, the moonshine of Greece, pretty okay. much. And the liquor. Uh, yeah, dude, it's fucking it rips. Is it? Does it's it? it's yeah. distilled. It's it's distilled, and it's like uh, fermented grapes most of the time. Oh, they so it's, it it's kind of like a brandy. I don't know. I'm not sure. Did you try it? I did try it. What did it taste like? It tasted like brandy. It kind of <laughs> tastes like brandy. Because the way that they make brandy is they, like, distill basically wine. Yeah. They ferment grapes and then distill it. That's brandy. Yeah, I don't know how it works, but I figure that, like, while they're making wine, they, they just might like, as take well a get Rocky going. Like, yeah. Isn't Greek Easter, like, a big thing? 
It is. Do you go crazy for Easter here? I don't, and like, but in Greece, it's like bigger than Christmas. Because yeah. they're hardcore, yeah. they're hardcore Catholic there, right? Greek Orthodox. Greek, or- Greek Orthodox. Basically right, Catholic, right. yeah. except they speak Greek in the yeah. churches. So. So we have been away for three weeks, but if I could have a recap of the last session, if you guys even want to go back further, so you can jog your memories a little bit. Go ahead. I uh, I, I want to. I have something for the table before we do this. Oh yeah. I do. And I was gonna surprise you guys, but I I I would just completely fumble the bag if I tried surprising you guys like mid session with it. So Roy has an obsession. With Cuban cigars, oh. no. vicious sweets. No way. They're they're tiny Cubans. They're tiny Cubans. All right. They're they're tiny Cubans. That's fucking Holy awesome. <laughs> so we got some Cuban cigars. Let's go for everybody. Let's fucking go. That's great. So that's yeah. beautiful. Did you get them in Greece? I did. Yeah, because they're legal in Greece. So, oh wow. Yeah. That's fucking wow. sick. Apparently, this is like the a good. A good Cuban cigar com- manufacturer. Wow, that's it. beautiful. I'm already going to bust down right now. We have to do this. Yeah. God damn, that spike that Joe's going to see on the recording. <laughs> we all get excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> it's a wall. That's beautiful. Hell yeah. And those aren't no fucking that's gas station swishers, man. They're no swisher sweets. You know what I'm <laughs> thank you. Yeah, dude. We got some swishers. Thank you to Roy. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah thank of you. course. Thank you. Of course, of course. Nice. It's <laughs> not bad at all. It's tight as fuck. Very tight. I am rocking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's this, um... So far as I see it, it was this crime ring that um, yeah. that was prevalent uh, five-ish years ago, six years ago. And then they um, went other gra- underground or just didn't operate in our area. But now they're prevalent in Lumenwood Falls around us. And uh, we're not sure, but we think that they're tied to murders, child sex, not crimes. It's fucking awful. Um, merge of adults too, and um, <clears> that goes all the way up to the top. There's connected people saving these guys. Murder, rapist, pedophile, cultists, cultists, bro. cultists. That I forgot about that part. Cultists, yes. You know, whatever they're pushing, whatever they're following, maybe has some truth to it. So we saw Caleb get fucking thrown up against the wall and yeah. the garage door dented in, in the quick store. I was going to add that there are at least the four of us believe that some type of unexplained phenomena is happening. I think all the unexplained phenomena, like the mysterious events that have happened were Caleb in the quick store or in, in the storage unit. Chris getting Ca- killed. Cr- Chris getting randomly bodied. Carter bodied Jennings yeah. in his dream. And, um... <clears throat> his dreams, too. And since we all know now, Caleb is seeing some of these things before the event happens. Yeah. So... I don't know if that's 100% apparent. No? Um... I feel like it is because... Without, without revealing... M- more <laughs> or anything 
Yeah. Uh, Ray would agree that like everyone's, you know, there's a, other things besides what the general is the that that we're seeing that is evidence to everyone that it's a paranormal case. Yeah. Here is one thing that I will say, <clears throat> and I was going back and forth over the last two days whether or not I wanted to tell you guys this, because on one hand, I think it's really cool, but on the other hand, I feel like if I heard it from my DM, I would be pissed off, um, but I've been going through all the notes for this campaign, and as it is right now, you guys could crack the case with all the available evidence. All the puzzle pieces have been laid out in a way at this point that you guys aren't waiting for anything. Does that make you mad? Or does that that makes cool? me fucking furious, Joe, because I'm going to do nothing for the next week besides listen to everything. Yeah. Again, everything. I think I've listened four full times through the podcast. Everything, everything is is on the table at this point. Fuck well, I'm not, that doesn't really surprise me because of Blue Coda. I think that I, I don't know. I, I kind of I figured that we were close. We have a whole fucking lot. The way we I have dirt on literally so many people, in a way that you, you you can you can get your closure and also make a decent case. Oh, I thought you meant like we're missing something. Everything, like, yeah. You say everything. Oh, on the that's table. what you are saying. Yes, everything's on the table. Go fuck yourself. That's available to everyone. E- that's okay. tricky. Okay, yes. okay, okay, okay. That's Everything's on the table. Okay, everything's on the table. Oh shit! Yeah, right. that's that's how it's okay. So the listeners at home should already have this. The listeners at home, up by now. you guys can have this what fucking fuck? already oh, fucking okay. bag okay. tag. What were these cigars for? <laughs> <laughs> these were trick cigars. Oh, Yo, congrats, just, boys. We did it. <laughs> listen, not to. I don't want to call that metagaming. But also, that's a, that's a character decision. Also, to share info. Absolutely. But that's a thought. Like absolutely. to to be clear to be clear it's on the table but i also am saying that because i need to word this like i'm walking through a fucking landmine you are <laughs> oh you are things have been put in motion through your actions or my actions that allow everything to be put on the table i don't know if it's clear to you guys but this campaign has been greatly changed in trajectory based off of your decisions whether you guys know that or not there were maybe like three key ones and i'm really excited for when we're done and i can like tell you guys all this shit because because you guys have have changed the trajectory of this campaign through the decisions that you have made but yes everything is in motion to be put on all on the table i guess i should say all right So, following news of the death of Nancy's newborn, the four of you find yourselves driving back to the station from the home of the late Dr. Weiss Clay. A college professor and man frequently mentioned in Clay's journal, Dr. Bastian Becker, is scheduled to arrive at 5 p.m. It's currently 3.15. And as you're driving, before you arrive, I want to ask if there's anything that you guys say in this car before you get to the station. Can we stop at McDonald's? Hungry. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) That was Nick. That was not Jerry. Is there a Wawa around here? (laughs) (laughs) Damn, I wish I had a Cuban. (laughs) Safe to say that you guys arrive at the station. Yeah. Is uh, Lieutenant's car here? Yes. Okay. 
You guys exit the car, walk inside, presumably make your way down to the violent crimes unit. Yeah. Yeah. And there you find uh, Lieutenant Longo sitting behind his desk. Is his door open? Yeah. Um... Turn to Roy. Um, I was, I was uh, gonna go through a uh, few theories, just things I wanted to check up on. Am I okay? Talk to him. Yeah, of course. Don't need permission. I walk in. Mm-hmm. Detective O'Connor. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering. Um, with the uh, state police helping us out. Um. They would have records, um, photograph evidence of uh, homicide cases in the past, correct? Any homicide cases that they handled, but they don't typically handle many homicide cases in state police. And us too. I was wondering if we could get um, an officer on um, going through um, evidence pictures. If we could try to match up the um, the body of this... Uh, this Emma Atkins, because she has those uh, those ligatures, those burn marks that are uh, apparent if you're looking at the pictures and see if we can match it up to a similar body in the past. Well, just in our precinct or if we could do both state police records, too. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll reach out to Thornton. And uh, do you have someone you can trust you want to throw on it? I said this conversation with an earshot of everybody. Sure. Is there any officer that we have full trust in at this point? Lang and Gaines in that order, I feel. Well, Lang just got back. Uh, He's got the kid with him. I can put him on it if you'd like. No, I think we, uh, I think we still need her, uh, distracted at this point. I can have her sit in my office. And, um, Gaines is still looking through those, uh, missing persons reports that you asked him to look into, so. Do we have any reason, uh, to believe anybody would want this body? The baby? Yeah. No. Do you? I'll step up. Uh, do we know where the body's going? Well, the procedure right now is for Nancy to decide what she wants to do with it. Whether she's going to pay for a funeral, which, knowing her finances, probably isn't in the question. Or if she's going to have it cremated which is much more likely. But it's up to her. And we have no effect on what her choice is. Why? Where's your head at? Somebody's going to take this thing. Like they took Bobby? Yeah. We can have some eyes on it if that's what you want. Yeah. Can we send the body to Davy Jones... An autopsy has to be requested by the mother. She's at the hospital? Still? As far as we know, yeah. Okay. 
But speaking about putting eyes places, same place, Wednesday, swaps. We were talking about maybe putting some people in some places. If you want to give me the A-OK, a couple of places that you guys want me to put officers at, just say the word. I mean, what locations do we have? Uh, cavalry club, storage unit, his house, apartment. Both of their houses. Same place seems weird to me if it would be at one of their places, right? Yeah, I think that maybe the houses should be lower on the priority list if we don't have enough people. Same place seems like a uh, more general location. Yeah. I mean, we got about nine or ten guys available, so... I think that'll cover every, every option we have, right? Yeah, Cavalry Club... Uh, storage unit, both houses. Um, might as well some someone at the trailer park. Might as well. I mean, where else are we at? We, you know, they were communicating through payphone. We don't have any solid evidence that of a meeting place. We don't. Between anybody in this organization. We don't. Cavalry club, both their houses, storage locker, anywhere else? Trailer park. Trailer park. (sighs) Could I, uh, broach one more subject? Go ahead. I, uh, I can't get it out of my head. Uh, winners. Why would he be so bold to take that picture with those men? Those men who, on the surface, looked like they were dirt. Meant nothing to nobody. I, you, I don't, don't, you don't think that was the only way that he was bold? He... He has been bold through this whole ordeal. He came in here, broad daylight. Whether or not he knows that we're on to him, I don't know. But what I think, and I'm not a psychologist, but you only take pictures with people you care about. My, uh, my bigger point was, um, I mean, I hope to God the five of us aren't the only people in, uh, in the whole force that have some kind of morality. What if there was somebody that was close to him? Somebody higher up that saw what happened? That be willing to talk? Tell us. The issue is that if you reach out to somebody with that intention and they are not on the same page, it throws a wrench in the whole plans. Is there anyone you know, Lieutenant, that may have a more accurate moral compass. In Minneapolis? Somebody that used to be in Minneapolis. Our chief? If you don't want to go about it that way, the only thing that I was thinking is maybe we talk about this rat problem. Maybe we think somebody that's disgruntled was feeding information that they got from Minneapolis to the press. We're looking for a disgruntled employee that quit 
under strange circumstances that was close to winners. I don't know. Wouldn't this person still be around? I don't think that he's been doing this just recently. Maybe he's been doing it for years. I don't know if you're willing to talk to anybody. And I know we have to tread lightly, but... About what About what exactly, though? Find somebody. He has to be branching out. They're, he can't... Do you think he was that careful for that long? Or do you think he shut people down? Well, I'm confused about what you're asking about. Minneapolis, he's got his trenches dug there. If you're asking about this precinct, that's... I don't even want to get into that. I don't even... I can't even begin to imagine that. Somebody that used to know him, is what I'm saying. Somebody... I just... Maybe there's a mistake somewhere, is all I'm saying. Maybe he slipped up. He... Shut somebody down in the past like he did to Duke. Maybe. I don't know. That's up to you guys, whether that's what you want to do, because that would involve an investigation into Minneapolis, and that would involve you having to go to Minneapolis to do things in Minneapolis, and that's... Yeah, I know. I didn't know if you had any inroads. No, just, not uh, that I can think of. Look, I have more connections than you guys do, but truthfully, I don't have many. They're just all old friends. Judge Turner, Captain Thornton. I don't have anybody in Minneapolis. We just came from the hospital, right? You came from... You went from the hospital to Weiss Clay's house. Okay. What time is it? About 3.30. Can I begin to go through the D files that I took? Yes. And like I said, if you spend about 45 minutes to an hour going through these, I'll allow you any access of information that you get off of Demeter and Wikipedia. Okay, cool. And I'll also let you know if there's any... Instances of references towards any of the interested phrases or wordings or uh, iconography. Okay. Do we have... We have pictures of those paintings from RJ's house. Mm -hmm. What do they... What do they look like again? Just, they're very abstract. They're abstract, patterns. geometric patterns. Sharp edges. Um, a lot of angles. Okay. Clearly done with a brush? or like It seems hand-painted. It, they were on canvases. On canvases. Yeah. Okay. Were they signed? They were not. And we, we saw the back, and they were, they were blank, right? Yeah. Would um, would I have to go through Minneapolis to find any reports of like, uh, I guess like any uh, misconduct with officers through their department? It would it would internal be internal like, affairs. Yeah, it it would yeah. be their internal yep. affairs, right? Yeah, their IA. Set of footsteps on the stairs of the violent crimes unit as walking down a uniformed officer who you have not yet interacted with before on the day shift. Uh, he's younger. 
got black hair, these uh, thick wire rim glasses, uh, and he looks towards Roy and says, uh, Sergeant McNeil, someone's calling on the phone for you. Sure. I can patch him through to the line down here or if you want to talk at the desk. I'll take it down here. Thank okay. you. I'll patch it right through. He walks away. A few moments pass and the phone rings. I click the speaker button. Put it on speaker. I don't think there were speaker phones. Okay. I pick it up. This is Sergeant McNeil. Well, now, no, now I need to know if there are speaker phones. <laughs> yeah, what happens if you just unplug the, yeah. the phone part? Oh, I guess you can't talk. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you got speakerphones. Sweet. I, I put it on speaker. Put it on speaker. Yeah. I say, Sergeant McNeil. Hey, this is uh, Warden Foster from the uh, Northwest Regional Correction Center. Uh, got something for you. I, uh, I don't want to talk your ear off, but... Um, one of our inmates here says he has some information on one of the guys that you're looking into down there. I uh, I skimmed the papers, and it seems like you guys got a heavy case on your hands. But um, yeah, this uh, this inmate, his name is Peter Pena. He's um he's one of our good ones. Says he spent some time with a cellmate down in Hennepin called Ronald Quinnen. Sorry, what's your name, sir? <laughs> you good. Warden Foster, Warden Wayne Foster. <laughs> That's crazy. That was the next one. <laughs> Peter Pena. Yeah, Peter Pena. Uh, nice we, to meet you, by the way. Nice to meet you, too. Like I said, I don't want to take up too much of your time, and uh, no offense, but uh, I kind of don't want. Most of mine taken up neither. Um, yeah, Pena's here. He's, uh, I just want to let you know ahead of time. He's well behaved. He's a good kid, but, uh, he's a, he's a little slow. Not like stupid, but, um, well, the guards kind of see him more like a, like a little brother sometimes, but he's, he's a good kid. He's very interested in the paper and he saw that article that got posted, so. Asked if I could give you a call. Sure. Yeah. Um, he asked if you can call me so he would like to speak to us? That's what he says. Normally I'd set up some sort of interview process or anything like that, but we're kind of tied up here, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't really feel like filling out a lot of paperwork for that, if that's okay. No, no problem at all, Wayne. I'm more entertaining it for his sake, because he seems pretty excitable about it yeah put him put him through i got the uh the violent crimes unit here ready to talk to him so just give me a couple minutes i gotta get it all set up (laughs) go ahead thank you made a list of notes that was the one i didn't get to check for rj cellmate oh wow (laughs) any conversations that you guys have before the phone's picked up again We didn't ask for this guy. This guy's just calling us because he wants to, out of his own passion. I mean, either they got into something in the in Hennepin, he made enemies, or I don't know. This could be something uh, something to put us off the trail. 
is it a thing at this point i know it, it has been a thing in the past um of like a cellmate giving up information to get a lesser sentence yes yeah okay yeah i know absolutely. that was a thing now so uh before the phones picked up again longo kind of meanders his way over to you guys and starts paying attention to the phone and a little bit of time passes, maybe a little bit more than you were expecting, maybe about like three or four minutes, and then the phone picks up. Hello? Hey, Peter, this is um, Sergeant Roy McNeil from uh, Linwood Falls Violent Crimes Unit. Uh, I'm here with my some fellow detectives here, if you guys would like to introduce yourselves. Yeah, uh... Caleb O'Connor here. Uh, thank you for uh, giving us your time. Jerry Flores. Yeah, Detective uh, Raymond Hoyt. Lieutenant Glenn Longo. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I saw in the paper um, that guy. I I, I I spent some time with him at uh, Hennepin, only a couple of weeks, but it was before I was transferred over to here. Um, I was his cell. You're RJ's soulmate. Yes. <clears throat> okay. So what gives you what gives you the means to, to call us today? What gives you the motivation? Uh, well, I saw that he might be involved in something bad, and I brought it up with the warden, and warden said he would help me out in the commissary if I gave you some useful information. So you know, I kind of want to be first in line there. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for calling us. You have a, an idea that there's others that might step forward? Uh, well, RJ didn't really interact with a lot of people when I was around him. Uh, I was mainly the only person that he really talked to when we were in Hennepin, but this was only a couple of weeks. So, what do you got for us, Peter? Uh, well, RJ was polite. He was really funny. He talked a lot, and he was smart. He was really smart. Uh, I would say academic. He would talk about history and events, and a lot of it went over my head. But um, but he seemed like he had big ideas, and he would talk a lot, mainly to me, um, like life philosophy. Uh, he talked a lot about world peace. Um... Uh, like I said, he didn't really talk to a lot of people, but since we were basically stuck in the cell together, he said he was in there for selling pot, but that he wouldn't be there for too long because he had friends, uh, told me he was connected to some powerful people, judges and stuff. He said he had those friends because of the people that he worked for, and... I think he said some family, some some crime, like organized crime. Um, he said he would be more involved when he got out. In organized crime. That's what he said, yeah. So he talked about world peace and all these events. Did he? Do you recall what events he, w he would talk about? Uh, like I said, a lot of it went over my head. I'm not really <clears throat> good with a lot of that kind of stuff, school stuff. Uh, he would talk about a um, 
like a, a, a colony that went missing before America was made. He would talk about this group of World War II planes that went missing over Bermuda, a lot of, you know, weird, wacky events and stuff like that. But it was mostly philosophy that he would talk about or what he thought about life. Okay. Did it ever seem like he was trying to recruit you into this organized crime? No. No, he 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 would tell me stories, I think, to try and, you know, for fun or to have conversation, but he never asked if I would be interested in any of that stuff. I'm in jail for forever, so it's not like I can do much. Hmm. He knew that too. Did he ever give any names or extra details about the people that he knew that could help him get out? No, not those people, but he would talk about things that he was involved with, but not things that he'd done, more like things that he witnessed because of what he was doing or what he was going to do once he got out. It was more like he was telling stories because of the people that he was with. So he would say how they're dangerous and they killed people and this one time I watched this guy do that. He was, he was, he was bragging about other people, which was weird to me. Um, I do remember that he did mention some of his friends, not like the friends that would get him out, but his other friends. He mentioned a Greek guy and, um, someone nicknamed, uh, Killy or, or, or Killer or something. I don't remember. It was a nickname. I don't remember. Is there a mute button on this? Yeah. Can I mute it real quick? Sure. He said that. Why is he calling again? He wants to call us and help us out about... But but why? He said Warden would uh, help him out in the commissary. So he I, only reason I was wondering is because I was like, if he's getting a lesser sentence, he's already in jail forever. Why would he... Yeah. Like, that's a little weird. But never mind. Unmute. So he, his, his friend's nickname was like, Killy Killer. Or killer, something. Killer. Talked about how he was dangerous and that Greek guy was dangerous. Did you ever talk about what these people would do, like detailed? No. Well, maybe it was detailed, but at the time I wasn't really paying attention to the details. There were stories about kidnapping people and beating them up and. Okay. You, uh... I cut you off. Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't. You didn't. Oh. Um, you, uh... Bonded with RJ, uh, quite quickly. If you're only in there a couple weeks and he's, uh... Yeah, I mean, he was... All this. He was really nice to me. And, and it makes me sad if he's involved in whatever's happening to, down there. But yeah, I mean, I was, I, I was close with him quickly. I mean, I even tried sending him letters to to Hennepin a few times, but the faculty wrote me back and said he wasn't there anymore. I really, I really liked him. He struck me as a very interesting and all around polite person to talk to, and he listened when I talked. And I don't know, he never struck me as a particularly bad person. Even when he told stories, it was never about what he did. So when he was telling these stories, he's these, you know, un unjust stories about beatings and murders and robbings and 
did he? How did he seem about it? Was he passionately and happily tell, happy to share these stories with you, or? Like I said, it was like he was bragging, but it's not about like what he did. He was bragging about. I, I don't know. His friends. Did he? He was proud of his involvement, but did he ever say why or what he was gaining from his involvement with this? Money. Money. Primarily money. He said that he was making a lot of money and and he didn't he wasn't opposed to the work. Um, when I recall his house, you know, from my memory mm. and compared to, you know, my trailer houses around town, does it seem something of you know, at least a little bit of wealth. It could strike you as a multi-family home if he renovated it. Okay. So it's good size. Yeah. Uh, Peter, uh, are you from the area? Uh, from Minnesota? Mm, I'm from Minnesota, yeah. But I haven't lived here for a long time. Did you and uh, RJ ever bond over any uh, familiar locations? He used to talk about the places that he's been because um, he went to Chicago and I've never been there and I wanted to know, you know, what it was like in a big city like that. And he, he told me about that. He said he went to Madison, uh, Wisconsin. Um, he said he was originally from... I don't remember what he said. But somewhere in you know the greater area at least I think near Chicago or maybe Twin Cities or I don't remember he said he was from I can't think he said he went to Pittsburgh too I had questions about Pittsburgh And, uh, if you, uh, if you dig real deep down, could you remember any, uh, specific details about any one of the stories he told you about, specifically, uh, any of the crimes that he was bragging about that somebody else pulled off? I'm sorry. That's no, fine. When you guys, you know... When he was there with you, did he have any hobbies? He would read a lot. Oh, okay. Do you do you remember what books he would read? Well, like I said, we only knew each other for a couple of weeks, but when I first met him, he was finishing Flowers for Algernon. Hmm. Okay. Did he paint at all? Yes, he did paint. He was a painter. He tried to get his hands on paint supplies when he was in there, but the commissary there obviously didn't have any. Uh, so we, what we actually ended up doing was we tried to round up a bunch of ballpoint pens to try and get the ink out. Because he's he seemed to have some sort of artistic ability. Like I said, he was a very multifaceted man. And to me, he was just such a blast to talk to. He was smart. I really hope he didn't do what you guys are saying he did. He ever say what he wanted to paint? 
No. No, I, like I never... I never really looked that closely. It wasn't like he did it in private or anything, but... Mm. When he would talk about his friends, did he ever talk about any women? Come to think of it, I don't think that he's ever mentioned a woman to me hmm. during that time. Children? No. Did he ever tell stories about his friends doing anything to children? No. That's why whatever's happening down there is surprising to me. When he was, you know, somewhat bragging to you about his business affairs, did he ever try and talk up anything that he might have described to you as you could not believe it unless you truly saw it? Stuff that seems kind of, well, I don't want to say it, but otherworldly? No. No, it was all very grounded. I think. And it always seemed to be about things that were done to people who were in the wrong for certain things. I haven't been in prison for a long time, but there's a lot of people here with affiliations to particular gangs. So the idea that I at least got from RJ was that he, or whoever he was with, was acting out in violence against people who were also involved in a violent life. It was never innocence or someone who, at least in his eyes, didn't have it coming. How did, did he ever speak about officers or people protecting the law? And the only thing that he mentioned regarding that was his friends who would get him out he said judges and other people like that so I don't I don't I don't know did you ever talk about enemies you may have had no, no. I mean even in prison hmm. I was the one who talked to him the most but nobody was out to hurt him or anything hmm. like that did he ever mention horses no Hello? Hey, Peter, we're still here. I'm going to put you on mute for a little bit, and uh, if you can hold for about two more minutes. Sure. All right, I mute the phone. Longo looks to you and says, Look, I know revealing information at the press conference was a risk, but hopefully this is not the last call that we'll get about any of these people involved. I still think it was a really good move. What What do we have on RJ that relates to children? The pictures. Those weren't in his possession. Uh, you're right. The dresses in the storage unit? Mm. Yeah. The note, too. The little ones, they'll take care of it. Yeah, but, but it's nothing that was solely in RJ's possession. The, 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 the crimes that we're seeking out, they're all related to Bobby, right? Bobby seemingly a guy that he wanted to get rid of. 
that he was done with. Yeah. A bad guy. Strays from the flock. I'm not going to entertain the idea that RJ is a good person. If nothing else, he was affiliated with Bobby. I mean, he was doing some sort of exchange with this Bobby. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Just, what do we have on him at this point? A storage unit with, you know... Yeah. I don't think I need to go further on that. Pictures with Winters. No, I know. I know he's everybody not, I, else I know he's involved in this situation. Who is Killer? That is itching my All head of his right friends' now. names. What, what are all of his friends' Nothing names? Nothing comes back to a killer or... Um... Lino... Is is the nickname of Chris Malachi or Malachi, mm-hmm. and Donis is Luca Iadonis. That's the Greek guy. Yeah, you mentioned they're two different people, so it's not this Greek guy is this killer, right? So we're getting. You yeah. see, you mentioned two different people: this Greek so guy this and then a killer. killer. Yeah, could potentially be Lino. Could be Lino. Yeah, it could be the Chris. Uh, Did he say what Malachi. kind of books he was reading? Killer Chris Malachi. He said uh, flowers for uh, Algernon. Right. It could be Sean Gosman. Could be killer. Bobby Tillman could be killer. But Sean Gosman got killed. Doesn't mean he was. What you ain't never killed and got killed before. <laughs> yeah. Live by the sword, die by the sword, brother. Every killer gets got. We don't know if he was using a nickname to talk about a woman. Yeah, it could have been Marsha. What we can do is run that through a database. Known aliases. I know killer is vague, but... Yeah, do we want to get somebody on that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll put gains on it. Do we want to mention or ask anything about the Greek language, Greek words? Did he himself ever say Opsagos? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, we can ask him that. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. You hear Peter Pena humming on the other end. Is it? <laughs> is it in our own? Like, would it be fucked up for us? Or like, can we just find out in general? Like, why is this guy in jail forever? You could look it up here at the station. Can I look it up right now? Yeah, if you want to take like five minutes to try five and minutes, go through. Yeah. Mm, no, you wouldn't have access to that. <clears throat> NWRCC. It's on the other side of the state. I mean, this guy's not going anywhere. Drugs. We could ask him about drugs. Right? I don't know. Sean, Gossman, COPD meds, Bobby Tillman, COPD meds. That could be something. Nancy is taking pills, right? Let's see if he tried to go to the... Uh to the dock in prison, try to get anything specific. Yeah. Just like the art supplies. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't have something specific for him. Longo speaks up. Look, also keep in mind, the guy only knew him for about two weeks, so... Yeah. 
we could be doing other stuff too. Don't try and squeeze blood from a stone. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I like nod to him. Like, he's he's right. The guy said he's a peanut brain anyway. <laughs> Unmute the phone. <laughs> hey, Peter. Hey. Uh, I think we got maybe two more questions for you. Maybe a little more, but um, so one is. Any talk about drugs from RJ? Yeah, that's what um, that's what he was locked up for. Just pot. He he never mentioned taking drugs or. No, no, he never mentioned taking drugs, but I I never really asked. Okay. And I looked to Jerry about question number two. Like, did he ever? mention anything about any other languages? Did he ever speak any other languages? Any weird words? Anything like that? I heard him have a conversation with another inmate, and I think they were speaking Spanish. I remember asking him about it, and he knows a couple languages. Hmm. Okay. Did he ever tell you what languages he speaks? He did, but I don't remember. Okay. I just remember Spanish. All right, Peter. I look around the table. I look at Longo if he has anything. He gives you a nod. Thanks for calling in. You, you sure helped us out. And if we think of anything, we're going to give you a call. All right. I'm going to hand you back over to Warden Foster. All right. Thanks again, Peter. Mm-hmm. You hear commotion on the other side of the line, like someone sitting up from a chair, a door closing, and then footsteps towards. You hear the phone get picked up. Uh, was that helpful for you guys? It, yeah, it was helpful enough, okay. I, I think I could say. All right. Like I said, he's a he's a good kid, but... A little slow. Yeah. Uh, we could, what's he? Uh, what's he in for? Double homicide. He murdered both his parents and cut off their heads. Yikes. Hmm. Reason behind it? Like I said, there's. Uh, my best guess would be that he was kicked in the head by a horse. Little slow. The only thing that saved him from the chair. Well, if uh, you need to reach out, you know, feel free to call. But l like I said, we are kind of busy here. Do you know if this uh, this RJ he uh, so he was transferred after this two weeks, or he switched cellmates? Uh, you'd have to ask Hennepin. Got it. All right, Wayne. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you following through with Peter. Yep, no problem. Take it easy, fellas. Good luck. Thank you. Thank cool. you. Click. Okay. So we can assume RJ painted yeah. those portraits. Yeah. We we know he knows multiple languages now. Killer. And Greek guy were dangerous, according to RJ. 
footsteps down the stairs of the VCU as Dwayne Gaines makes his approach. Uh, Longo had me run Killer through the alias database, and uh, I got like 100 results, guys. Yeah, let's see him. You want me to print him? Yeah, could you? Mm-hmm. All right, you got it. Goes back upstairs. I, uh... <clears throat> I can't get over this, uh... This other nagging theory that we think there's... I, I, I think that I keep getting in this one-track mind that there's this one organization, right? But there's prevailing theories. We still think he got nabbed. It, or at least it was set up like that. Who, who took him? Why? I'm still under the impression that Marsha doesn't know everything. She was the one that told us straight to uh, to your two faces that uh, that Bobby didn't smoke. Why would she say that if we think that somebody set him up? If she was just trying to further the uh, the thing at us, thinking. There's a lot of time between him being in prison, between all this happening. So, yeah, you're like, you know, any alliances with the organization that he could have had could have totally been severed and he could have been sought after. Mm hmm. Did Lang finish that search of the funeral homes um, back in Chicago? You're not sure. You haven't checked in with him about that. Because okay. it seems like whatever he was doing got kind of derailed. Sure. Gaines comes back with a stack of paper, maybe about like six inches tall. So these are everybody in the NCIC database that has the alias killer. There's 122 of them. Are there any names attached to the nickname? Like Some of them are. Okay. But it's a lot of John Doe's. Okay. Are there any of, and I hand him a list of all of uh, RJ and Bobby's friends. Yeah, I got them alphabetized here. Hold on. Sure. Sean, okay. Sean Gossman. Nope. There's no way they have a name on this. Lucas Iadonis, Chris Malaki. Nope. No. Um. Marsha Tillman. Nope. Bobby Tillman. Nope. No Curtis Collins in there, is there? <laughs> no. Um, anything specific? Uh, around. Yeah, if you want to give me things to narrow it down, I might be able to. Uh, uh, areas of operation, or maybe even if you have known associates. Uh, yeah, anything 65, a little after 65. Yeah, there's a couple here. Uh, I guess narrowing it down to uh, the uh, Pittsburgh, Chicago, um, Madison, Minneapolis area. Okay. Uh, skin color? Any. I don't think it matters. Any. Yeah, still got about 50 of them here. How many of them, uh... Any known addresses on these? Yeah, some of them have known addresses. Uh, anything close to town? No, doesn't look like it. How many you got if you, uh, throw out the John Doe's? About 23. 
Most of these guys got multiple aliases, too. How about an Arthur Gossman? No. No Gossman. Uh, can I see that stack you got of the, uh, the 50? Sure. He hands them over. I split them up between the four of us. Sure. See if there's anything that catches anybody's eyes. Looking for dates, places, names we've run across, obviously. Okay. Yeah. You start going through. <clears throat> and Gain says, uh, in the meantime, you want me to get back on that search for missing kids? I got the database up now if there's someone else you want me to check on before I go back into doing that. I'm okay. I, I don't know about you guys, but I can't think of any, any kids right now. Have we ever looked up any of these, uh... Of these other two guys? This, uh, this, uh, Chris, uh, Malaki? Or this, um, Lucas Iadonis? Have we ever looked into them? How, how else would we look into them? See if they came up in the database. See if they're arrested for anything else. If we do, how long would it take to look them up in the database? I just gotta make one search. Can you go ahead and do that? Yeah, what, Lucas... Iadonis, uh, the Chris Malachi, or the, um, uh, I guess Dushan Gossman as well. Okay, I'll be right back. Sure, yeah, we've looked into RJ and, uh, Bobby. Yeah. So, some time passes, you guys are beginning to go through that stack. Rather quickly, what becomes apparent on, and you guys have specified the criteria that you're going through to me, a lot of these guys seem to be mostly organized crime. Nicknames like this, we're talking gang affiliations, right? This is really where the heart of this this database is based off of, is, is gang activity and stuff like that. Nothing sticks out to you immediately after, say, 15 minutes. Gaines comes back. So, nothing on Lucas Idonis. Um, Sean Gossman was shot dead in Madison, Wisconsin in 1969. Chris Malaki... He actually has a file here. Um, he's deceased. Shot dead in Madison, Wisconsin in 1969 as well. Uh, alias is Lino. Known associates. Chicago outfit. Cleveland crime family. Buffalino crime family. And LaRocca crime family. Uh, anything specific on this uh, this case? Because we we looked through the Sean Gossman and uh, seemed pretty bare bones. Yeah, they didn't investigate uh, much. They don't even have a case number listed here. How do they have his uh, known associates then? Well, it seems that he got locked up even prior to that, and also he was implicated in a couple of interrogations. It says, but like I said, there's not a lot that's actually specified here. Uh, let's talk about any cases that stuck for him. The cases that he was um, brought in for questioning for. No. And what I mean is that other people were interrogated that mentioned him. The more I'm working in this database, it seems like a spider web of 
connections to connections and different interviews that implicate other people in certain things. It's really interesting stuff. I don't know why we don't use this more. Fuck you, Gaines. Can you go can you go upstairs and look up Marsha Tillman? Sure. He runs back upstairs. How did we never look up that name? I don't know. It is it's it's the one thing that has been in my head nonstop. You guys looked up Lucas Idonis, but you didn't look up Chris Mulhockey. This was like twenty sessions ago. Gaines comes back. Uh, nothing on Marsha Tillman. I went. I, I went ahead and ran Bobby Tillman too, and there wasn't anything. Ugh. All right. Um. Show me what you're looking at on this database. Uh, this web. Sure. Come take a look. All right. And I want to spend the time, I guess, in the next hour that we have before. Um, before our uh, our man comes mm-hmm. to see if I can make any type of connections here for what um, for dates with this like 65 crime ring getting taken down um, mainly what I'm looking for is a um, a connection directly to Chris with um, yeah I guess around that 65 timeline where I can make a connection to somebody else that I can speak to. Okay. Okay. You start going through that. Yeah, looking at... Yeah, why he's so associated with these type of people, and if I can make any connections to what we see already with what we've heard from Duke... And what we know RJ has gotten into. Do me a favor. Roll law, bureaucracy, or computer science. Going to roll. And what are you guys doing during this? Bureaucracy. Would you like to use a program point? Well, the dice are already on the table. That's an 85 on a 45. Gotcha. You're going through that. Um, <clears throat> either either you guys want to... I mean, we got pictures of the paintings, but I kind of want to go just pick up the paintings from... Uh, Me too. Yeah. RJ's house. Yeah. Sure. Jerry, you want to take a ride? Yeah. Let's go. All right. Let's hit it. Okay. Uh, Roy, are you going with him? Um, didn't Weiss Clay have paintings too? Yes, but they weren't not the same. No, they were like they had signatures on them. Yeah, they were like they <laughs> okay. were like store bought fucking cheapo paintings. Did Marsha in her trailer? Marsha didn't have a trailer. Yeah, we didn't. We never been there. Not Marsha. Jesus Christ! There's so many names. The other woman. <laughs> that other bitch. <laughs> Can I? Uh, Nancy. Lang's back with bitch. the baby or with the kid, right? Yeah. He's I'll, on his desk. All right. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll stay back and I'll talk to Lang. Okay. Yeah. And he's at his desk. Laura is sitting next to him. Okay. I walk up and I'm like, hey, Lang. And I 
wave at Laura. Hey, Laura. Hey, Sarge. How you doing? I'm alright. Can I do anything for you, Sarge? Yeah. How's she doing? Does she really know what, what's going on? She has no idea. Do you want us to pull her from me and you can finally get on your own? I know you've been keeping busy with her for quite some time. No. No, it's okay. She's in good spirits with me, I think. She trusts me. Are you holding up all right? He gives you a long look. And you can see, if you didn't notice it before, bags under bags under bags. And he's just like staring through you. I'm tired, Sarge. This is fucked up. And whatever's going on, people are getting pulled into it that don't deserve to be. Like her. Her life is... I don't know. No, I... It's just a lot. Okay, and... and and I want to help, and I want to get this done, and I need, I need to keep working, and I need to do what needs to be done. So if there's anything you need from me, Sarge, just say the word. Roy, like, gives a smirk, and he says, I have two things to say. First thing is a question. Shoot. Did you complete that search? On funeral homes in Chicago. I did. Anything. Nothing. Nothing. Even with the goddamn Minnesota license Look, plates. On Sarge, them. I don't know if you need me to say this, but I do not think that it was a legitimate funeral service. I can keep looking if you want, but... No, not needed. Thank you. You looked long and hard for that, and I appreciate it. How many hours have you been working? That was the second thing I needed to say. I stopped counting after 72. Okay, you are relieved for double that. Okay? No. He shakes his head. Please, please, please let me keep Lying. working. If I... You need... If I make a misstep, if I if I do anything to, to affect you in a negative way, then yeah, but I haven't thus far, and I will not. So please... I won't feel good about myself unless you at least get eight hours of sleep. I will get eight hours of sleep tonight. Keep me on shift. End of my shift, I'll go home, I'll go to sleep. I promise. But please do not take me off because I don't think that I've shown- You should hit him. I don't think that I have shown any semblance of a misstep or a mistake. You haven't. So then please trust me and please understand that Sleep is the last thing that I need right now. Oh, this guy. I, I, this guy needs to be the fucking chief of police of Minnesota. <laughs> God damn it. You know there's a new <laughs> lieutenant position opening is it, up. Is it just you talking to him right now? Yeah. Uh, fuck, man. I whisper because the girl's right there. I know that I'm kind of on babysitting duty, but it seems like Longo just posted people in a bunch of different spots. 
I had one of the day shift guys relieve me from my spot at the hospital to bring Laura here. Um, if you want me to go to one of those lookout spots or if you want me back at the hospital, just say the word. I'm there. Look, I agree that this girl does not deserve to be in the middle of this. She should be at her, at home with her, you know, or in the hospital celebrating a newborn baby brother with her mom. What are your thoughts about Nancy? I think out of everything that I have overheard her say, even in any interactions that she's had with you that I have listened to, she's a mother. And now she's a grieving mother, maybe for two kids. I pull out the confession paper and I say do you think that you can get her to sign this? I can try. And you're okay with this? Yeah, I mean if it moves the case along, yeah. I hand it to Lang. I say when you can get back in there, present it to her. However, I trust your judgment. However you see fit. I'm, I'll bring Laura with me because she still hasn't seen her mom yet. Okay. Thanks, Lang. Thanks, Arch. I walk away and I whisper, this guy needs a promotion. <laughs> so, with new instructions given to Officer Aaron Lang two members of the VCU on their way back to Ronald Jordan Quinnen's home, and another one behind a desk, click-clacking on a keyboard. That is where we're going to pick up next session. Thanks for listening to this episode of LFVCU, a Nasty Table production.